0: The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. Lord, amazing, powerful God, I, I just pray right now to you, Lord, as we talk about you, as we hear your words, spoken for others so long ago, yet also for us today, Lord, I pray that it would just resonate in our hearts and That it would speak so profoundly, so deeply, so impactfully to us that it would actually radically transform. I believe so deeply that you could radically transform our hearts and our lives, literally our day-to-day lives and the actions that we make, and the perceptions we have of people. Literally every aspect about us could be impacted by the next 20 minutes. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us, genuinely speak to us and transform us when we step out of here, that we would be more like you, more in love with you, and just know you in a better way. And so, Lord, I just pray that these moments would be utilized in such a way that that would happen. So, Lord, I thank you. I praise your name, I worship you, I fall on my knees before you, and I thank you for all that you give us. Be with us in the next few minutes, it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Alright, so we're jumping into, and we need to jump into, um, I told Sarah before we got started here that I was like, I can't get any rabbit trails, you know, I got a lot here, I want to pack in this short amount of time, and I'm in a rabbit trail right now, so, um, Nine to five is the series that we're on. We are literally on week three, the last week of the series. And what it is, is it is a sermon series on work. Work ethic specifically, um, but just, and I'm not going to get back into it. You can listen to the podcast of week one and two about um, really what we're talking about. But it's not just those who have a job, okay? If it's just those who have a job, uh, so many people wouldn't apply to. But it applies to everybody because it's what you do, um, what you pour your time into, What you work at, what you put effort towards, what you're passionate about doing, okay? Everybody's got that. It applies to everybody. Um, Me specifically, though, I'm passionate about, but I also have the occupation of pastoring, okay? So uh, it's kind of interesting with my job, though, uh, specifically being a pastor. People treat me differently, okay? Um, That's just the way it is. I found that to be true in the last year of my life that um, I really tried. I went to Subway today for lunch. Um, I promised Sarah I would eat lunch. Normally I don't eat on Wednesday, so I did. Uh, I went to Subway, and the guy's like, hey, how you doing? Good, yeah. Uh, You you work around here? (laughs) Because I go to Subway a lot. So he's like, do you work? near here or something, because <laughs> it's, the, it's the subway at, at Walmart, so I don't know, people usually just stop by, but I was like, uh, yeah, down the road, but I kind of avoided, I almost felt kind of guilty, I avoided um, telling him I was a pastor down the road, I was like, yeah, I just work down the road, um, because whenever I tell people I'm a pastor, it changes everything about the conversation, it genuinely does, um, I was having my hair cut, and Sarah, was, Sarah and I were talking about this the other night, or today actually, yeah, today, um, having my hair cut. Talking to this guy, you know, you start to get to know your barber, you meet your barber, yeah, that's cool, what do you like to do? And um, we're just talking, cars, I don't know, hobbies, sports, um, I'm literally telling all the stuff about my life, trying to avoid the little, you know, detail that I'm a pastor for a living, Um, uh, but it comes out. Finally, like, I just can't avoid it, you know. So we're talking about all these different things, guy things, you know, barber and whatever his person, they talk about, okay, we're talking about all those things, but then I'm like, yeah, and so I'm a pastor. Boom, light switch, okay? This guy, conversation, it got so weird for me because he's like, oh, man, I pray for my friends, and I'm like, that's awesome. No, that's really cool. And no, he's like, no, seriously, uh, man, I tell you what, they're just so backslidden. I tell you what, they're just, uh, you know, they need some fellowship, and I'm like, where did this come, like, what? That's so Christianese. Like, if there's a language for Christians, this guy just, like, he's, he's so good at it. He flipped it. And he's like, man, they need some fellowship. They're backslidden. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to tell him to guard his heart. But he's just, I don't know. I mean, he's born again. He's been telling me he's born. And he's just going on using all. And I'm almost like, no, yeah, totally. That's, no, that's good. And I don't know what to say, right? Um or fail, I guess. But, like, it literally, it changes whenever I say uh, what my work is. And, uh I, th- I think, though, when you're a Christian, your work is different. It's not just for pastors. Okay, anybody that what you do it changes when you are a Christian. You you can be a non-Christian and you work and you you know you work hard at what you do. But then whenever you become a Christian, you tack that on. That is who you are now. It changes how you work, what you work for, why you work. Um, it changes work just like it would a pastor. Um, and how does it change? Your work. Well, we talked about that week one, working as worship. You can be working for a paycheck. You can be working because you care about it. You can be putting effort in towards something because you want to. But when you become a Christian, now your primary reason for working because it becomes this worship to God. Okay, Now um, you can be working next to somebody that isn't a Christian, and you become a Christian. Your work is now different than it was before and different than his or hers because it's work as a worship to God. I want to give to God... um, everything of who I am, and that includes working. And so working is worship. It's different for Christians. Uh, It's also work becomes a witness to people. That was last week. We talked about how working isn't only for Christians. Um, This praise to God, this I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities for God, but I also want to do it as an example to others. And so uh, again, not only working for the paycheck, just like a non-Christian is, but for Christians, work becomes, I'm I'm a representative of God's people. Okay, People are looking at me, looking inside, knowing that I'm a Christian, and I'm representing Christ followers. I'm representing God. I am speaking on behalf of those people that follow God. And so now we become an example to other people. Christians work harder, Christians don't work hard, whatever their perception is, based off of you. We are examples to other people and how we work. And it's also to other Christians. Other Christians are watching us, and they're like, Oh, that works super hard. We become an example. This is how Christians should work. We should really put effort in. Work becomes different when you're a Christian. There, there's different aspects of work now when you profess the name of Jesus Christ. Well, The third way that I want to talk about how work becomes a little different when you're a Christian, actually a lot different, changes everything about it, um, is working now becomes this dependency, who you're dependent upon in your work. Um, and where normally your, your day of rest, right, uh, if you're not living for God, your, your work, you get your off day, let's just, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever your hobby is, you binge watch Netflix all day long, right? You just get some time off, you're like, yes, yeah, sweet, Netflix. Well, for Christians, we are called to now rest, but it's a whole different type of rest. It's resting, independence, and just soaking up the source of, of our strength, and that is God, and so now we spend what we call a Sabbath, a Sabbath, And so if you haven't heard that word or you're not really sure, I don't really, maybe I grew up with it, but I don't really know what that looks like in the New Testament or um, people today. What is a Sabbath? Does it even apply to us? That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, Sabbath. And really what the Sabbath is, is making us dependent upon God. Um, what it is, is whenever you get a break from what you're doing, okay, this is kind of my prolonged... Amplified version, uh, definition of Sabbath. When we take a break from our work, from what we put effort in, we can now rest. And we're not just binge-watching Netflix. We're not just whatever. We, we are now soaking up um, the presence of God. We are spending time with those who commune with God also. We are spending time in his word, praying, because that rejuvenates us because he is our source. He is our strength. He is our everything. He gives us reason. He gives us drive. He gives us motive to do what we do those six days of work, right? And so now that seventh day is not just I need to get away from this work, but I need to spend time with the creator of the universe, the one that gives me purpose and gives me drive. I want to spend time with him to where now the next six days he gives he energizes me, right? So um, he is our Sabbath. So we spend time with God um, on this seventh day, and so that's kind of my definition of amplified version. Remember, okay, not a one-sentence thing of the Sabbath. So we're going to talk about the Sabbath. How does that apply to us today? Um, because it is all over the Old Testament, um, but maybe we're like, ah, maybe it's abolished. I don't know. Uh, New Testament onward. So we're going to. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus 31. That's where we're going to be spending some time here. Raise your hand if you need a Bible, but we're going to be really quick about it. Start throwing them. No, I won't. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyone else? And you can keep them if you want them. Um, and even if you didn't grab one now, they're over there. You can grab one anytime. You can keep it if you're like, "Oh, I lost mine." Boom! There you go. Um, Exodus 31. Go ahead and turn there. Who's there? Show of hands. A couple people are turning. There. You're gonna. Everyone's gonna be there when it gets on the screen. Um, so we are gonna be looking at that, and that's only one of the few places, few places where Sabbath is addressed. While you're turning there. Um, It's so important to God that 26 verses into the Bible itself, God's like, boom, I need to talk about the Sabbath. Okay, Genesis 1, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, 26, starts talking about God rested as an example to us how important it is to rest. And then you see it in Exodus 20, right, the Ten Commandments. Made the top ten in the Old Testament, that big of a deal. Sabbath, top ten, Exodus 20. Um, And then Exodus 23 talks about not only do I want, this is what he was talking about um, to his the people of the Old Testament, the Israelites, God's nation. He not only was saying, "I want you to spend one day in every seven days, <laughs> one one day in every seven days." <laughs> um, I want you guys to rest that seventh day. You look at Exodus twenty-three. He took it so seriously that he wanted them to rest in dependence on Him, to spend time with Him, to rejuvenate. That he would say, "One year in every seven years, I need you to rest." You're like, "Sweet, yeah." Um, and then you go to Exodus 31, which is where we're going to be at tonight, and then you see it all through Leviticus. It's a big deal in the Old Testament, okay? Um, and so hopefully, I'll give you enough time to turn there. Exodus 31, we're going to start reading in verse 12, and I will go ahead and start reading it. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Anyone does any, anyone, or whoever, there we go, whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut out or off from among his people. Six days work shall be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord, and he also continues, and I want to just give context. That won't be on the screen, but um, if you keep reading 15 uh, onward to verse 17, it says, "Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death." It's like God, you just said that. He's like, "I know. I want to make it that clear. Okay, it's that big of a deal." Um, and so he says it again. Uh, this is all just really repetition of what he just said before. Uh, Therefore, verse 16. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations. They're like, "God, I know." He's like, "I know." I know I already said it. I said it just a few verses ago, but it's that important. I want you to know this is a continual thing. Keep it through your generations. I need to say it twice. Keep it through your generations as a covenant between me and you forever. God, you already said that. I know. Um, verse 17, it is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel. He's just really repeating it. I'm trying to get the point across. That in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he res- rested and was refreshed. Um, so that's it. That's we're going to look at this little chunk, not the, where he starts repeating, keeps going, on and on. We're just going to look at this chunk tonight. And my guess is, my guess is after reading that, who was like, the main thing that stuck out was like when he said somebody was hitting the death sentence. When we, uh, was that just me? Okay. Um, first thing, honestly, I notice is this is a huge deal to God. And he, he, he shows it by saying, everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. It's like, okay, well. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen here. This is a big deal. Whoever does any work on us, uh, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And and he was serious. This is that big of a deal to God for his people that it was a death sentence if they didn't listen. That was that big of a deal. It isn't now, right? People can break the Sabbath and they're not struck dead. You see that? Um, but it was then. It wasn't only a big deal shown that way, but also if you read just the very beginning, he says, and the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. Now, in context here, we're not just taking this one little chunk um, out of the Bible. We're like, I don't know, what are you saying before that? Uh, he, he's been giving Moses crazy amounts of commands, okay? All the way since uh, Exodus 24, verse 12, Moses goes up to the mountain to hear from God, and God starts just laying out command after command. And I'm sure his, Moses' wrist is just killing him, right? Just writing all this stuff down. But I mean, so just imagine this, okay? Chapter 24, chapter 25, chapter 26, chapter 27, chapter 28, chapter 20. These are commands. Chapter 29, chapter 30, chapter 31. Now he gets to the end of chapter 31, and he goes, above all, I know I just said to do this, to do this, to do that, to do that. Above all, though, keep my Sabbaths. And that's the very last thing he says, and then Moses steps down Verse 18 from the mountain, all these commands, and now, above all, you better keep my Sabbaths. So this is a huge deal to God, okay right? We would agree. That's a huge deal to God. Why? Why is this such a big deal to God? Why is the Sabbath so important? Why are we talking about the Sabbath? Why is it that big of a deal? Um, and he says right there at the next part, I underlined four. It's that four, it's so important because this is a sign between me and you, three generations that you may know. That I, the Lord, sanctify you. So it's a sign throughout the generations. Okay, this is a sign to other people. We are dependent on our God. Okay, this is a sign to other people. Other people are looking in, saying, wow, they're doing something different than we are. They might be working seven days a week, 24 7, nonstop, just working. We gotta get this stuff built. We gotta do this. We gotta survive. Okay, a long time ago, ancient stuff we got to work to survive, and Israel over there is like, no, we're taking a break on the seventh day. We're resting, and they're like, whoa, that's that's different, okay? This is a sign to other people. We are dependent on God. We trust in God. We rely on God. He is our source of strength. It is a sign to people that God is our God, okay? It's a sign to people. It's a sign. A little analogy. I think it's kind of a sign, uh, and this is... Probably get flack from this from people making fun of me because it is. I mean, I get it all the time. But kind of a sign that I was thinking, like, what is a sign in my life to other people of like this dependency or this not dependency? This this just respect. This um, I don't know in my relationship with other people. And I think a lot of it is just my close knit relationship. Just talking with Sarah about everything. Okay, we are we really talk about just everything and. A lot of that has to do with um, decisions. And I just want to communicate to Sarah, to other people. Sarah is so close in my life in this way in making my decisions all the way to, I mean, obviously, big decisions, right? You know, you need to talk to your spouse about big decisions. The other week, my dad was like, hey, you know, he knew that I was kind of wanting a motorcycle recently. Not good, not safe. But I did um, do. <laughs> and um, and he's like, hey, I saw one on the Internet. You know, what do you think? Here's the price. And I, and I was like, oh, man, uh. And I looked at Sarah. I was like, what do you think? And she goes, "Hmm." And I go, "Hmm." mm <laughs> So uh, even though it just pained me, you know. Um, but I just, I, I, I look to Sarah, and I talk with Sarah, and I, I communicate, and I, we, we work through it together, right? As a sign to other people, he works through things with his wife. I mean, all the way down to the little things. And this is one I would get flack for. Um, all the way down to, like, hey, what are you doing um, Tuesday night? You, you want to hang out? And um, and they're like, hey, guys night? Yeah, guys night, guys night. And he's like, yeah, high five and guys night. And I'm like sitting there texting, Sarah, what do you think about Tuesday night? You good with me doing guys night? Um, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, ah, real quick, checking with the wife. And i um, like, are you kidding me? And it's not like, they're like, oh, totally, he's got you whipped, right? And I was like, no, it's self-inflicted. She tells me I don't need to either. Um, but, um, but honestly, I just want to communicate to her. I want to communicate to them. She's, and so I need to you know, spend time with her. If, if I haven't spent time with her in a long time, she's my priority. She's always before guys night, right? Um, I want to communicate that to people. It's a sign. The way I do that, I think it's a sign of my love, my respect, my my prioritization, if that's a word, of Sarah. Okay? It's a sign to other people that I really put her first. And um, I think that's no different than this. The Sabbath, when they rested, they were total countercultural Rested when you know ancient culture. You need to work. They rested. Counterculture. It was assigned to other people. We're living for our God here, and we're going to trust in Him. He's our source of strength, and we can get so much more done in those six days than we could in seventh days without God. Okay, we could get more done in six days with God than seven days without God, and that's just a sign. The way they do that is a sign to other people about their love for God. But not only a sign for other people, but I think it's also a sign for themselves. That you may know. It's a sign between me and you uh, through your generations that you may know. And so, not only am I texting people, or not only am I texting Sarah as a sign to other people that my um, love and respect for Sarah, but it's also just a reminder to me, because I, I want to be totally high five and like, yeah, guys, not. And I'm like, put Sarah first, you know? And like, so I, it's a sign to myself. It's a sign to myself, but it's also a sign to other people. The Sabbath is no different. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing to, like, oh, I gotta get this done, I, I gotta work. It's like, no, you know what, this is a sign to me, God is my source of strength. God is. God is my source of strength. And so it's a sign to not only other people, but that we may know, that we would remember that God is our leader, not us. We are not our source of strength. And so um, that is what I think the Old Testament really shows the Sabbath is and why it's so important. Why is it such a big deal? So really, I think the question that I want to spend the rest of the time talking about is, is it the same today? Right? That's, that's, that's the big question. Is the Sabbath the same thing today? Is it so important? And I think immediately our, our thoughts would be, well, we're totally free from the Old Testament law, right? I mean, uh, if you go through the Old Testament law, there's some crazy things. Uh, don't eat seafood. Don't eat pork. Don't um, wear clothing that has mesh, two different uh, types of threads Okay, that, that whole cotton and polyester junk, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, and so, I mean, honestly, these are, these are like Old Testament laws, okay? You, you, you can't do so many things. And now Jesus comes, and he says, yeah, no, I've fulfilled that law. I, I've taken care of that. You're not bound by the Old Testament law anymore. So we're like, sweet, no Sabbath. And, but then you read, you read uh, 1 John and John kind of throws a monkey wrench in it when he says, but, because Jesus says, whenever he says that he fulfills the law, he's like, yeah, I, I fulfilled the Old Testament law. You don't, you're not bound by the Old Testament law. Um, instead, I give you this new commandment to love one another, to love God, to love, to love, to love. That is the new uh, commandment that you should love people. You should love your God with all that you are. This is my new command. Forget all that and just sum it all up in these commands. Love God and love other people, okay? And you're like, sweet that's all we have to do, no more Sabbath, love, got it, but then you read in 1 John, he's like, yeah, but love is following commandments, and you're like, what? hold on, <laughs> wait a second, and you're like, I don't know what to do now, <laughs> and so, um, and so what commandments do you follow, well, I think the commandments that really promote love, okay, and so I know you're like, oh, wow, that's really profound, that's a good one, um, but no, seriously, I think, yeah, we're not bound by the Ten Commandments, okay? You're like, wait a second. Ah, those are some big ones. I agree. Uh, we're not bound by the Ten Commandments. We're not bound by any of the 600-some laws of the Old Testament. But that doesn't make murder okay, okay? One of the top ten. Ten Commandments. Not okay. Um, we're not bound by the Ten Commandments. We're bound by love. And so now we don't steal. We don't murder, okay? I'm just naming off the Ten Commandments. We don't do those things because we love people and we love God and we want to follow his commandments, if that means loving him and loving other people. Okay? And so, same as, obviously, I can eat pork right now, okay? Right? I can eat pork. I'm not bound by the Old Testament law. But if Sarah and I were to have Muslim friends over to our house, and maybe it would be a stumbling block to them if we were just like, hey, here's our pork dish, you know, let's eat it, that probably wouldn't help our witness to them, and so at that point, I think it would be sinful for us to even have that, right, that night. So I think at that point, eating pork would be a sin. Because it, we were trying, to, were trying to love, we're trying to uh, live life with these Muslims, we're trying to witness to, share them the love of Jesus Christ, and we throw that down. It's a stumbling block now to share the cross of Jesus Christ to them. Okay, So um, we're not bound by the laws, but we are bound by love. And so hope you're tracking with me on that now I guess the question is well is the Sabbath a law that promotes love or is it like the threads where you're like I can totally wear cotton and polyester and still love people Uh, so which one is it which is the Sabbath is it one where it's like this is a big deal where I love people and I love God through the Sabbath or is it like eh, that's not a big deal anymore I can love without it which category t- does the sabbath fall under is it a big deal now or is it not and i want to say i really believe it is so ex- it's so exceedingly important in our love for god that we would take a sabbath i think it communicates such a profound love for god that we would set aside our reliance on ourselves just like it's no different than the Old Testament, that we would set aside our reliance on ourselves and we would say, God, I trust you that I can rest and I can spend time with you and I will still get all that I was going to get done. I trust in, I rely on, I believe in, I have faith in you, not me, not in my work, not in the things I can get done, not in the, my time management, but you and your work through me. I trust in you. So I'm gonna take a Sabbath and rest in you and faith. That communicates love to God, a trust in God, a belief in God, a, a reliance on God. And so I think the Sabbath is definitely so important in communicating love for God. Sabbath is so important for communicating love to God. Um, so I want to say this. I want to say this because I genuinely love you and, I, and I, I care about you. And so just hear me, Christians in the room, you are not your source of strength. God is you are not your source of strength you should not depend on yourself if you are you're not living a Christian life I just say that because I love you and I care about you and so that is the that is the basis of that is the foundation of Christianity the faith in Christ that we are dependent on him for salvation Christianity is summed up in dependence on God Christianity is based upon based upon a, a need, a necessity for God to save us from ourselves, right? Christianity is dependence, need of God. We are not our source of strength. You are not your source of your strength. God is. And so a Sabbath is so needed in the Christian lifestyle, the Christian life. If you read uh, Psalms 127, It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, you know, all that you've worked really hard for, just exhausting yourself, killing yourself over to be able to have this meal. It's in vain if you're not trusting God for it, for He gives His beloved sleep. God is your strength you are not if you're living a christian life. Luther Martin Luther wrote, "The less I pray, the harder it gets. The more that I pray though, the better that it gets." I just, you know, we got to we got to ask ourselves, do we really trust in God to be our strength? The more, the more that I talk with God, the less trust I get. The less I pray, <clears throat> that's the more stress I get. <coughs> Sorry. I apologize. A lot of objections that I get for this, uh, this Sabbath, you know, you hear people like, oh, you know, it's not that important. You know, you hear that. It's, it's not necessary anymore. And, and they would quote, like, Mark chapter 2 saying, um, yeah, the man wasn't made for the Sabbath, though. Sabbath was made for man, and so it's optional, right? I mean, you've probably heard that Sabbath. Man isn't made for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, and so we get to choose if we want it or not. Why do you think the Sabbath was made for man? Because man needs it. And so it, it's so important. I also hear, um, well, I don't have time to. I can't afford to take a Sabbath. I don't, I don't have the time. I can't afford it. Just, just, you don't understand my life, the way that I'm living. You don't, you don't understand how busy I am. I can't afford to do it. You know, I, I hear that a lot. But then you've got to think, you're not understanding the, the Sabbath in the perception of a Christian life. You've got to flip that and say, if God is your source of strength, if God really is your source of being able to get things done, you can't afford not to. You're thinking that you're the source of strength for yourself if you're like, I can't afford to take that Sabbath. Why? Because you just need to keep relying on yourself? If you see that God is your source of everything, that he is your strength, he is your rock, he is your fill-in-the-blank, he sustains you, you can't afford not to take a Sabbath. And I think that's actually what I wrote here. Yeah. It's not what we can't afford taking. The, it's not that we can't afford taking a Sabbath. It's that we can't afford not taking a Sabbath. I also like this quote from Luther again. You get two in one sermon. Look at that. I have so much to do. I have to spend the first three hours praying. That is just so like you can't even comprehend that, right? Like I have so much to do. I, I got to stop praying today, right? I just I just can't do it today. But Luther, he's like, no, I've got so much I have to get done, i got to spend the first three hours in prayer with God. they are like, you're not going to get anything done. You don't understand the, the, that the Sabbath gives us so much more ability to be able to do what we can in that time allotted, right? And so that is just so countercultural to what we would think. Rest in God, dependence on God gives us more energy than we could depending on ourselves without the Sabbath. And so what does that look like? I want to wrap this up really quick. Um, what does that look like? How do we do that? Last few minutes here, how do we do that? How do we live in a Sabbath life then, if it's so necessary, if it's so important? Is your Sabbath holy? Is your Sabbath holy? Um, how do you do a Sabbath? Well, you, you make it holy. He says right here, you keep your Sabbath because it is holy for you. Is your Sabbath holy? I think that's really important you to think about that because Sabbath is not rest. Uh, it's not the synonym of rest. Okay, vegging out on the couch, watching Netflix all day, not bad, okay? Actually, it's pretty great. Uh, it's not a bad thing, but it's, don't lie to yourself that it's a Sabbath because it's not. Because a Sabbath, it, it stirs your affections for God. A Sabbath makes you more holy. A Sabbath works on your soul. A Sabbath builds you up to just your affections for God. A Sabbath makes you more like him. It, it, it sanctifies you is what it says. It, it, it sanctifies you. It makes you more holy. It makes you more living like God. Chilling on the couch, watching a Lord of the Rings marathon all day long does not do that. So don't 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 say your Sabbath is just resting all day from everything. Um, it's not necessarily. It is. It's spending time with God. It is enjoying God. It is that. That is a a, a Sabbath that really does rejuvenate Christians. Um, and so my Sabbath, uh, what I, ca- I want to just show you maybe an example. Maybe this will help. Uh, daily rest. Okay, I think just every day, just really spending time with God. And so reading, obviously. So from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning, Sarah goes to work at 7.25 in the morning. 7.30, I'm out on my porch just reading, spending time in the Word, um, and then also I'm praying. And, and I think that are, those are just really easy ways daily just to spend time with God, just to, you know, quick times just getting rejuvenated with God spending time with God Um, whenever I'm about to leave my office to go do something uh, I'll I'll grab this book of prayer and I'll just read that prayer for the day man I'm coughing like crazy today and I'll just read that book um, because it's somebody else's prayer and I just can I can just identify with it it resonates in my life and I'm just praying it as if it were my prayer to God prayer is so important it just helps us spend time with God that's daily but then weekly I really like this, I heard this from, I don't remember who, um, but if you're weak, mainly consists of physical, de- physically demanding things, rest your body and enjoy God with your mind, okay, um, and then also, if you're weak, mainly consists of mentally demanding things, rest your mind and enjoy God by doing physical activities, and so, if you're at the desk all day, maybe go out and do something, that's what I do, okay, I'm at the desk working computer a lot, uh, so Sarah and I like to go out and do things, she's the same way, so we, we like to go out, you know, I don't know, walk around the mall, or, or go, just do something, physically, um, but if your job is more physically demanding, maybe spend time um, resting and enjoying God with your mind because you don't want to exhaust yourself what you've been exhausting yourself with all week. right? So, um, These are all really good ways to do it, but I think it's just so important to be able to rest and spend time with God because he gives you your strength. He gives you everything. He gives you everything. And a Christian lifestyle is not self-sufficient, self-dependent. It's God-dependent. And you can't do that if you don't fit God into your week, into your day. If you're like, I got this much to do in a week. It's too much. Cut off God. I can do it. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not the Christian mindset. It's, I'm going to make sure that I spend so much time in this. And this stuff is secondary. I'm gonna trust in God that what needs to get done will get done, because God is primary. And so that's the Sabbath. It's so important if you want to do what you do with excellence. And so um, we're gonna go into this time of response. If you guys want to, just stand up, if you guys would. Stand up, and then you can move around the room. uh, Anywhere you want. If you're new here, this is is just kind of time where you you really get alone. You get to just spend time by yourself. This is your time to spend time with God. We're gonna have music playing here in just a minute. Um, but I just want to ask maybe some questions that maybe you can spend some time just thinking about, reflecting on. Okay, this is really important. Maybe some things that you can think about in this time alone with God. One, is God your rest in the things that you do? Does God give you rest in the things that you do? It shouldn't stress you out spending time with God. If, you're, if, if God is your everything, it shouldn't stress you out having to spend time with God so is God your, your rest from your daily activity, from the stress uh, uh, of everything that you have to do and your obligations, but so much more than that, is God your rest for your soul? Is God the rest that you have in here, in your, in your, in your soul, in your inner being, in the, in the, in the stress and the anxiety and the worries and the, the self-doubt and in, in the self-hatred maybe that you might have? Just whatever it is, is God your freedom from that? He says in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is talking, and Jesus says, All you who are weary, right? All you who are exhausted, you're just bent over, just exhausted. You're just, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. He says, All you who are weary, come to me. I am your rest. I don't think he just meant physically, okay? I don't think he's just our, our rest from our physical day in and day out. But if you are just drained and you're done and you're just beat up from life, he is your rest spiritually. He takes off everything that is just exhausting and just tearing you down. And he says, just trust in me. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ that he takes away all of that. And he says, I've got it. It's on my shoulders. It's on the cross that I bore for you. I am taking all of that, nor you can trust in me for your soul, not only for your daily activities, but for your life, for your soul, for your eternity. Rest in knowing that I've taken care of that for you. And so are you trusting in that? Or are you overcome with anxiety and, and just not really trusting that God is taking care of it for you and that God is your rest, your soul's rest or if you've never made that decision, I would love to talk to you about it. If you're like, I don't know what that means, but I really need it. I don't know what you're really talking about with this whole soul rest thing, but I do know that I'm overwhelmed and I don't have this thing in my life that gives me purpose, that gives me meaning, that it doesn't give me fulfillment. It doesn't give me rest from the pain and the hurt and the suffering in my life. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but that does sound nice to be resting from all that. Jesus Christ is that, and I would love to explain how he's our rest. And so let's live day in and day out, resting in him. Let's make him our Sabbath, our everything. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.